I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Brought to you by Open Studio. That's right. Powered by Open Studio. I don't know how we're going to say this. Presented by. Presented by Open Studio. Filmed at. Open Studio. And we're rolling video right here. In Open Studio. At Open Studio. Uh, we've bludgeoned that now, <laughs> I think. It's going to be just a new thing we're adding on. And I think yeah, we've, that's we've all right. overkilled it. We like backed we our do. way. We do that. <laughs> like we do. Give us six months, we'll have it refined. That's right. That's right. Uh, so today we have a listener question, and uh, you know I have our Bluetooth speaker out. We don't usually get this technologically advanced <laughs> this early. Is that thing going to be directly uh, attached to our system, or are we just going? Uh, no, I'm pointing <laughs> this at the microphone today. You know, some great jazz. We we should do another thing about great sound on jazz recording sometime because yeah. that's actually been done. We'll, we'll talk about that in another. Oh, there's episode. tons of production sneaky things that you can do, but this yep. is not at all sneaky. This is just lazy, <laughs> which is why we're doing this. No, we got a message from Josh from Melbourne, so let's hear it. Hey guys, big love from Melbourne. My name's Josh and I just wanted to ask a question around the emotional or spiritual side of music. Mm. Uh, we all know that music can speak to you on that level, inclusive of jazz. Uh, example, my wife and I've been traveling around Europe and we went to a gig at the Peace Express in London recently and about partway through the gig I was just weeping with tears just because of how mu- beautiful the music was and the energy in the room and the talent on display. So I just want to ask if either of you have any stories of times where you've been at a gig or listened to a record and had that kind of connection with the music um, or any times that you've been playing a gig and the, the vibe in the room has been really awesome or you've had audience members come up to you and speak to you afterwards um, kind of in that vein. Anyway, I love the work that you guys put down here on the podcast and I look forward to uh, hearing it every week. Keep it up. That's a great question. That is such a yeah. great thing. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, that I, th- I think <clears throat> Josh really hits at why we do all this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's something that we, as a musician, you're constantly chasing. Yes. You know, you, you, we've probably both had this experience at a young age, right, where you had this, like, incredible emotional experience with other people while you're playing or while you're, while you're listening to other musicians. And, you know, that's why we practice. That's why we gig. That's why we, that's why we do this, right? That's right. It's like to, to connect with people on an emotional level. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you get it live in person, there's nothing like it. And I think that that's, um, you know, all the practice, the preparation, all the, the techniques and tactics and strategies that we talk about, um, it's great to keep in mind the goal, which is being in a performance, being in a club, being on a concert hall, being on a street corner, wherever it is, and having between one and 500,000 people, <laughs> yeah. whatever that number is there, connecting with you, you connecting with them. And it, and it really is, you know, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't understand this because I was young and dumb. That was my excuse. And, um, but it really is about an energy of the music that is so much bigger than the musicians. It's bigger than the audience. And, um, you you know, it's, it's not even necessarily, well, I guess it is spiritual. It's not necessarily religious unless you choose to look at it that way, but it is about connecting yourself as a performer with this energy and committing to it in an unselfish way. And, And so that, you know, you can get to that level that you will be lucky enough to be in a situation where somebody might cry or be emotionally moved at all. I mean, that's really what our job ultimately is to do. Yeah. And it's really kind of the, the, the magic of music, you know, is it, 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 music is deeper than any language could ever 
be yeah. any spoken language that humans make up. Have you heard about a guy named Willie Shakespeare out of London? Yeah, Come on now. <laughs> that's good stuff. But is it more powerful than Brahms? Right. Probably not. You right. know, I mean, like there's just something about the way we've learned to manipulate sounds that really gives it's primal. I mean, it's primal. It, it really is. There's there's no other thing like it. It's why it's sort of maintained this hierarchy in, I think, human connection. Yeah. And music is always up there. It's, I mean, you can't have a, anymore. You can't have a film without music. I mean, they even filmmakers rely so heavily on musicians to like sculpt the emotional right. narrative. You know what I mean? Right. To tell you how you should feel. Think about that. Yep. A scene is totally different depending on the music. You know? So, so important, so integral. And so I think part of Josh's question was, you know, sometimes that we've experienced that. And I think, you know, we've experienced that, a, a lot um, yeah. which is which is a wonderful thing that that's kind of the thing that keeps keeps me going it's funny when people are just like man how do you deal with like the industry and the travel and all that like whenever they bring up the negative the potentially negative things I'm always like wow that doesn't really those things don't bother me and then I start to think about them I'm like wow it should bother me why am but then it's it's that energy you get from being in the performance situations and look sometimes it's just you're playing for yourself I mean i I've been moved to tears playing music before myself and, and nothing that what I played was so amazing or whatever. It was just that, you know, it was the music. Yeah, it's the music. It was the music. Yeah. So is there anything that's, that's, that kind of um, stands out for you? In well, your it's long interesting. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this, I guess, because uh, Josh is from Melbourne. And when I was there last year uh, for the jazz festival, we had such a great performance, and I wish I remember the name of the venue. It's a, it's, it's, it's like a big. Uh, it might be just like the Melbourne Concert Hall or something, but they have a lot of the performances for the festival. And we had such a great gig. I remember that, and the audience was just so connected. It was just kind of one of those nights, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then it was also kind of special because I had a couple of friends there. Um, one of which I'd never met in person before, but it's somebody that we actually work with a lot with Open Studio who's, who uh, lives in, in Melbourne, who has a, a great business that we collaborate with. And uh, we had talked and we were going to meet after the performance, but it turns out he's like a big jazz fan, just totally coincidentally. So he was so excited when I was in Melbourne and he knew a lot about jazz and he was really into Japan like I am and LPs and we had all these connections. So that kind of connected things after the performance when I met him and his girlfriend and, you know, such warm folks. And then I had some other friends from the States. And um, so, like, kind of the social thing was part of it as well. And I'd had such an amazing day in Melbourne, too. Such a beautiful city. I went for a run there. The weather was beautiful. I yeah. went and got some coffee, had a great meal. And it was just kind of the perfect time. And, and you know, Josh referencing being in London at, at Pizza Express. That's a great little club. I mean, I love Ronnie Scott's, which is right around the corner. Pizza, that's legit, though. Yeah, but yeah. Pizza Express is a cool... I mean, people are always surprised because it's only the one is a club there, the one in Soho. Yeah. And it's like a pizza chain, a really, yeah. but a really good pizza chain. It's almost like the like London's local jazz club. You know yeah, what I mean? It's exactly. great, though. It's exactly. Great. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, it, there's, there's, been, there's been many times um, where, where... You know, I was thinking about the Village Vanguard just because... I haven't played there a whole lot, but I've played there at some memorable times, and I love the sound in there. But I've also been there. Like, a lot of my memorable musical experiences are as much as things that I was part of as that I was sit, sitting and listening to. The same, yeah. same thing as a listener. Um, you know, so some some great memories. from. I remember hearing Bobby Hutcherson play some just transcendental improvisation that I thought he was going to... I thought he was going to start levitating yeah. and that the vibes were going to lift up, except we were in the Vanguard, so it's like low ceiling, so he wouldn't have had far to go. But I can still clearly remember. I mean, it was like 1995. Yeah. 
and I can I can still <clears> remember <throat> the energy. I can't tell you the notes he was playing, but I remember there, and I was like standing in the back with Nicholas Payton and Brian Blade and Chris Thomas, and we were just like. I mean, we were like holding on to each other, like we were on an amusement park ride. Yeah, just the amount of music flowing out. You know? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I ha- there's three that really stand out to me. I mean, there's there's many more, but th- I think the three that stand out to me were when I was in New York at the New School. I, we were I was there during 9/11, right? Mm. Like, so that's that's the kind of the time period we were up there in the New School is downtown, it's in Greenwich Village. It was closed off, uh, you know, everything below 14th Street. Right. New school is like right on, the jazz school is right on 13th Street. So you couldn't get down there for a couple of days. And then I remember just kind of people, I don't even think school had started back, but like people just gravitated towards the school and then the, like the Italian restaurant across the street, which is kind of the hang, you know, yeah. and just musicians. And I would just, I don't even think I played this jam session, but we were just all like vibing. Yeah, at the session, it was so powerful, and uh, it was it was amazing. And then the second one was in Italy. And, you know, Italy is just like this thing that keeps coming up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like this little jewel, this cultural magnet of the world. <laughs> and this was actually after a gig. We were at a we were at dinner after the gig, which can be the most emotional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. But someone, but we brought out a guitar and we started uh, was with this singer, our friend Aaron Bodie, uh, and and we started. She's. We just started, uh, someone wanted to hear Estate, which is like, you know, people may, be not, may not know it. It's a bossa nova tune, right? Brazilian yeah. tune. But it was written by two Italian guys. Right. Bruno Brighetti and Bruno Martino. And so, Are you sure they're Italian? Yeah. <laughs> so the Italians love it. Yeah. They love that, that bossa. And we started, someone wanted to hear Aaron sing it, so we started playing it. And then the entire restaurant starts singing it. You know how Italians yeah, sing yeah, it? Yeah. They know all the words. And they, they sound pretty good, And too. they sound really good. And that was just like, uh, yeah, and then uh, the third one that really comes to mind was uh, right across the street here at the Cranberry Arts Center. It was sort of this uh, farewell concert for Willie Akins, uh, you know, yeah. St. Louis legendary yeah. tenor saxophonist. He was in poor health. He played one kind of final concert, and he played around midnight, and it just mm. leveled the room. You know, the experience and where he was. Right. It's pretty pretty special. Oh man, that's, you know? those are great. So now it's reminding me of something. This might be a little slightly extended episode because yeah, yeah. now then you start thinking because it really is about the emotion, the feeling. I mean, I'm like uh, the emotions come flooding back as yeah. I'm even just thinking about them. Do I see a little tear? A little, 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 little tear. I was just now I'm thinking uh, Marciac 1994. Uh, Joe Henderson. Oh man, was playing uh, with. Uh, it was actually because you reminded me of the Brazilian trio. It was uh, Elio Alves yeah. on piano. Amazing piano. Um, Diduca, I think, was on drums. Uh, the guitarist who produced the record, whose name I'll remember in a minute, Oscar Castro Neves, great guitarist. But they were like, I mean, the whole set was just amazing. And I heard that group a bunch that summer. They were touring like everywhere, every festival in Europe. But I remember Joe Henderson busted out that Lush Life solo. Oh, man. And like, I mean, there's, it's this huge tent, you know, uh, I mean, huge tent, like 5,000 people, um, uh, out, outdoor festival, but covered. And it was just, he filled up the sound. Obviously they had microphones and, and PA, but, but he filled up that tent with the most amazing sound and like <clears throat> playing all the bass lines and playing the melody. It was like, he was doing all the different parts and then the harmony in the middle, yeah. just like effortlessly flowing. And I mean, it was, it was, it was a moving moving experience and the I, I just remember the way he played it was so good but it was that kind of good that 
like he was stuck in playing. Like there was no, you know, sometimes people play, like you get to something for a second, then you fall out. And then, like he was stuck in this, this super high level, but super emotional way, yeah. but very like technically adept with all this cool harmonic stuff, right. but was just like stuck. Like he had crafted this thing. And it was probably, it was, it was a truly yeah. artisanal performance. <laughs> yeah. Well, as it's, we say. A, it's a master playing a masterpiece. Those right. can be the most, you know, spiritual experiences. Yeah. When someone who's dedicated their life who's already, you know, uh, who's born to do this and yeah. have dedicated their life to do this, they get to a certain point where this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, and I mean, it's lush life, so like even just sort of a pedestrian <laughs> reading of that song is pretty emotional. Yeah, it's, totally. It's, it's so, you know, the lyric and the melody are, are just so deep, so. That's awesome. Well, man, this is, I think, I, I, I hate to rate things but this is we're going to get to some ratings and reviews but if we were to give a rating and review <laughs> to this question from josh this would be right at the top i mean it, it's a great question and i mean it, this this led to some some super interesting stuff from for, for for me to talk about and it just reminds us you know discussions like this and, and stories like this it just reminds us why we do it you know even if you don't have like a grand uh joe henderson experience right. yet you know those things happen Every night at jazz clubs. That's right. You know? that's, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think that in any city, in any town, anywhere, it, it, I mean, it happens way more. Like, get out and listen to music. Like, totally. support your, your local musicians. Sometimes it's, uh, I mean, I remember when Nora Jones was like, when I was up in New York in the early 90s, it was like, like, like struggling and playing coffee shops and stuff. And I remember when I met her and kind of heard her, I was like, wow, that voice. Yeah. I was, and, and I mean, I guess on one level, I was like, oh, she's going to go places. But it wasn't even that. It was just like, man, I mean, this is New York. There's a lot of cool stuff totally. happening. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes those people get discovered. Sometimes they don't. But there's so much talent. And like we're always saying, everybody has something to say, you know. So, um, you, you know, this, a lot of the stuff we talk about just, getting your technical proficiency better and all this sort of stuff. It's just about being able to get that, that beautiful message out there. And that's the reason we play music. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's to share that message and to, uh, to communicate with each other in a deeper level than language can ever do, you know, than spoken language can ever do. The, the language of music is much more powerful. That's why we do it. Now let's talk about why we do You'll Hear It. That's all about boy, the ratings boy, and reviews. Boy, boy. <laughs> that was a fast turnaround. It's quick. Well, you know, we got to get to tomorrow's episode. Well, we got a really funny five-star rating and review uh, from a jazz fan from the United States of America. That's what <laughs> this person is labeled as. And, and the title is I Hear Ya. So we already know, I hear you, exclamation point, where they're coming from. Yeah. They're, 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 they're they goofball. They're like us, yeah. maybe. Uh, they get us. But it's a fun, this is really funny. It's great to know, it's great to get to know Peter beyond, quote, that white guy in the dressing room photo, unquote, from the Joshua Redmond <laughs> Village Vanguard CD I had in the 90s. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I never knew I was that white guy. I was that white guy in the dressing room. Yeah, right? I think that's that's what I put on when I first started working here at Open Studio. That's one of the reasons <laughs> I said I wanted to work here. Was it was just I really wanted to get to know that white guy in the dressing room photo. <laughs> is that on the album? I don't know, man. I don't remember that. Photo. I know. I know exactly the photo. It was funny because somebody, Ruben, Ro was it Ruben Rogers or Brian Blake, somebody from around that era recently. Oh no, I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another picture from. I mean, so many great pictures from the Vanguard kitchen dressing room you know there is a there is a great dynamic that these two guys have together that make the podcast <laughs> fun and informative out. whether you are professional or a beginner plus these guys are monster musicians. what about if you're in the middle <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our audience professional beginner yeah yeah there's nobody in the middle yeah 
Uh, Who's hey, that from? What was his name? Uh, or from Jazz Fan from United States of America. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I think the podcast rating system at iTunes is the one area where it's sort of hiding behind a handle. It's almost like it's 1987 and we're back in like an AOL chat room again. Where it's, it's exactly what it's like. Where it's, it's like sexy dog one, two, three from, <laughs> from Lithuania. You know, yeah. it's actually... Some some seven year old kid from Chicago suburbs, you know, absolutely bouncing around on an IP address. Yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> well, well, cool. Well, yes. thanks, jazz man. Thanks, <laughs> jazz fan. Jazz fan. Sorry, yeah. jazz fan. Uh, yeah, thanks. You can always leave us a uh, five to a ten star. We've had as high as ten and a half star. Have we? Ratings. What an reviews. odd thing to hit at ten and a half. Well, they had. Remember, this guy had logic. Oh, that's right. He did. Of it was like he we did. give two hundred and fifty percent or was, something. It yeah. was totally over. It was kind of yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So go to iTunes or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Pippa or Google Podcasts or <laughs> Stitcher or anywhere you get your podcast. And oh, I found us, out uh, we are not on Stitcher yet. By the way, I know I said that several times. Yeah, you said it all last week. We're, we're gonna. I'm putting it on my list. We're, we're gonna get on Stitcher. Stitcher, where you at? So maybe by the time you hear this, we might be on Stitcher. But if you're hearing this, you don't even need Stitcher. Why would you? All right. Uh, you can go to youllhearit.com. Yes, to our uh, home base. Leave us a, a question, uh, just like Josh here left us this great question for today's episode. He left us a voicemail. You can do that. You can also leave a written question. In, and uh, and we are officially sponsored now by Open Studio. Did you know that, Adam? As yeah, of today, it's weird. I wonder how that connection happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have closed the deal, and uh, <laughs> closed the deal. You know, we have an actual audio engineer. We should introduce Andrew. Who's yeah, Andrew here. Kitchen. What's up? Yeah, he. Hey, <laughs> oh, that's not very good, mic on. Not him. awkward at all, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're sponsored. We have an engineer. We, we, we're we're up in our game for you guys for. Um, 2019 no we'll go ahead and start now because we're not in 2019 yet we're in 2018 so that's right yeah okay. no no more of me wrapping cables afterwards <laughs> done that's with right this. Yeah, yeah. well we'll see everybody tomorrow you'll hear it yeah.